Welcome, and thanks for joining us on the podcast. Now let's join our senior pastor, Wayne Alcorn, from Hope Centre Brisbane, for his message. Hello, everybody. Good to see you. I'll make sure I spend a little time with you as well. But um, I, I just love the way God is continuing to work amongst us. You know, we had a, we had a, a, a board meeting last night, and I was with uh, just the wonderful people that lead with us here and just to hear what God is doing. We serve a good God. God is good and he does good. And he's doing good things amongst us. It's a wonderful thing to be here. Um, just seems as though right now, just the Hope Center, Desert Life, we, we, we may need to build our own train line. Just the way we're just coming back and forth. Pastor Ben was uh, in Brisbane a few weeks ago, just preached the house down. Uh, interns are here next week. Lynn was here last month. I got, I got so many reports of how good she did. I'm actually intimidated tonight. That, uh, and, and the girls, everybody just loved it. And uh, I, I know the interns are going to bless you again. And they're really excited. You just need to know that I was coerced to change the whole Hope Centre Church diary around fireworks night in Alice Springs. Just saying. <laughs> just saying, all right? So um, I'm, I really do believe there'll be a blessing. I, this is going to be a significant weekend, and so thank you for being here. I've got a strong conviction that the people that are in this room really have got such a heart for the house. We're going to see you back again on Sunday. And uh, I, I really hope we do because I know we've been building towards a moment in church life where we actually just really see where the rubber meet the road when we say we're actually going to put everything on the line and we're going to make a massive difference down the road and around the globe for Jesus Christ. And so I really hope you can be there. I want to share some things on Sunday morning that are really, I think, an extension of where we might start tonight because God's at work in my life. And so if you don't mind, I just want to share with you what he's doing. I want to share with you what he's doing in our church. And uh, we're going to dive straight into the Word of God tonight. And then we've got a, a, a church family conversation that's going to happen. Pastor Ben will guide us uh, through that at the end of this moment. But I just want to dive straight into it. So you ready to pray? Yeah. Father, thank you for your Word. Thank you for the Holy Spirit who's with us and who will guide us. Give us, Lord, the ability to speak, to hear, to listen, and respond. To live your Word, we pray. And everybody said... We're going to dive into the book of James on Sunday. But there's one verse in the book of James that has really captivated me. It's James chapter 2 and verse 26. It simply says this, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is what? Dead. Faith without works is dead. I am stirred to be a man of faith. Bible actually says without faith it's impossible to please God. If you want to live a life that pleases God, you need to commit to a life of faith. Are you hearing me tonight? And in amongst all of that, God has in this season chosen me to be in a place of leadership and it is deeply my desire, strong desire, that I lead a church that is a faith church. I've heard some people say, oh, that guy's just a faith preacher. I go, what's the alternative? <laughs> yeah. 
Seriously. This is a faith church. In case you're wondering, this is a faith church. We believe God. We believe in God and we believe to see great things from God. Are you with me tonight? I want to be a man of faith. I want us to be a community of faith doing great things that please the heart of God. So I began to think about this. There are layers of faith. Most people that I know that are doing little more than warming seats in churches across our land have just enough faith to get to heaven. The Bible actually tells me that is, you know, it's the work of God's grace and we access his grace by faith, correct? That, that's how we're saved. And, and thank God for eternity. But I don't believe that we are called into partnership and relationship with the living God just to get to heaven. I believe he wants us to experience a little of heaven here on earth. He wants to extend the kingdom here on earth. And and the only way for that to become a reality is we choose to live a life of faith. John said this, 1 John 5, verse 4, Whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that's overcome the world. Our faith. In recent weeks, I spent some considerable devotional time in the book of Hebrews. There's a common thread woven through the book of Hebrews, through this whole narrative of those amazing chapters, and it's a call to believe God for more. I am grateful for all God has done in my life. I just want more. I want to be ridiculously blessed because I want to be a ridiculous blessing. I want to see the kingdom of God advance. If this is the largest the church is ever going to be, I'm shattered. I want to make a major difference for God in this city, in our cities, across Australia and the globe. And it's going to require people to rise in faith. The book of Hebrews is written to a group of people. Who do you think they were? Yeah, it was not a trick question. They're the Hebrews, exactly. No, it's the Hebrews. And and it's the people of Israel. But time and time again, the Bible actually calls them regularly God's chosen people, God's people called by his name, but regularly they fall short of all that he has for them. And here's why. Hebrews 4.2. Indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as them, Here we go, we're getting ready, we're getting into top gear now. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. It is amazing how many people will sit in a service week after week after week, hear the word, but it actually doesn't do much because they don't mix it with this powerful ingredient called faith. We're told that the colonel offers us chicken that has got secret herbs and spices. Let me tell you something. Faith is the secret herbs and spices. It's that thing that makes the difference. It's the thing that takes us to next levels in God. Hebrews 3.19 says they didn't enter in to all that he had for them because of unbelief. Come forward to chapter 11 of Hebrews. and We find two important things. Firstly, in Hebrews 11, the first verse, we find the definition of faith. Verse 1 of Hebrews 11. Now, faith is the substance. See, faith isn't flaky. Faith has substance. Amen? 
There's something strong about it. There's something real about it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now, the second thing about faith we see in the second verse. For by it, by faith, the elders obtained a good testimony. The NIV says the ancients were commended for it. And then straight on from there, we have what we've often been called the roll call of the heroes of faith. I call it the roll call of the, hill, the villains and scoundrels of the Old Testament. So many flawed human beings that God honours, that God celebrates in his holy word for one reason and one reason alone. They believed and because they believed, they acted. We're going to live in this space all weekend together, both tonight and on Sunday, if we claim to be people of faith, James says, if you say that you got faith, then let me see it by your deeds. Faith has to be evident. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The one common denominator about all of these people in Hebrews 11 is they believed and they mixed it with the secret source, the word God spoke to them. You know, in the book of Acts, it says the thing that that stood out about those people that were foundational in the formation of the early church was they applied themselves to the apostles' teaching. There are great preachers and teachers that stand on this platform week after week after week. The question that remains for all of us, what do we do about what we hear? I'm a preacher's kid. I've grown up in church life. I've met people that rate preachers. What a disgusting hobby. I've found that every man and woman that stands and opens the word of God has got something to challenge my heart with. And having heard, I have a response, a responsibility to act on what I hear. So let's have a look at some of these people. We're not, time won't allow. We, we, we've got our, our partners meeting in just a few minutes, but I do want to highlight a few. We, we'll, we'll pull up when we feel we've dug in and, and tapped some oil here. But here's, here's a few of the heroes that the Bible celebrates. Flawed human beings, but, the, but God's smile was upon them. Verse 4, here's the first one. By faith, Abel offered to God... A more excellent sacrifice. Some versions say a more excellent offering than Cain. Through which he obtained a witness that he was righteous. This is a challenging line for me. God testifying of his gifts and through it, he being dead, still speaks. I find that very challenging. Firstly, God sees my offerings. Wouldn't that be an interesting thing? I wonder what that would do to the offering bucket week after week if we all really believe that God sees what we give. Just saying. And the second thing about it is that that Abel, the Bible says, even though he's now dead, he is still speaking to us millennia later by what he gave in faith. Here's the deal. Lynn and I have signed up for a life that sows into things that will live longer than we do. 
to the glory of God. I am a leader that wants to live in my, in my wake. Assets, not mortgages. I want to build things. I want to sow into things. I want to give to things that actually have eternal value. Are you with me tonight? Say amen. When I get, when I get this magazine, I get excited. That the fact that I can sow into and invest into things that will make a, a, an opportunity for people to meet Jesus and thereby change their forever in the name of my God. Because I gave. I want to build buildings to the glory of God where generations after me, they're still worshipping in. Our mother ship church, which is, was formerly called Glad Tidings Tabernacle, I am regularly opening buildings. Not because I'm the national president of our movement, but because I am the senior pastor of a church that in 1930, people gave sometimes four and five offerings in the Great Depression... And built a building debt-free within two years, opened it in 1932, and for the decades that followed, bought land and built buildings and gave them away so the gospel could be preached all across southeast Queensland and beyond. And I go to churches, I don't know how many Lynn and I have been to even in the last couple of years, and opened new facilities on that land or land that they've now been able to buy because they sold the original gift from our church. Those people in the Great Depression, they didn't sign up to be heroes. They didn't sign up to get their names in light. But one day, I'm going to tell you something, their God is going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Even though you're dead, your offering is still making a difference. Difference. Even though you're dead, it's still speaking of your faith to the glory of Jesus Christ. I want to live a life like that. I don't want to pray prayers and say, oh God, I just want enough to get through this week. What a selfish way to live. When my God is Jehovah Jireh, when my God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and all I want is enough for I, me, and my to get through this week and somehow shuffle into the next one. No, no, no. I want to live a big life. I want to sow so that I can reap, so that I can sow more, so I can reap more. And the continual expansion of the kingdom goes on and on and on by faith. We need to do some series on this. I hope, Santa, we're doing a series, and I hope we're going to do it in Desert Life before the next few months are out called God, Money, and Me. Tell me how people respond to teaching on on giving, and I'll tell you where the lordship factor is in their life. I'll tell you where the faith factor is in their life. Abel didn't have a book called God, Money, and Me, didn't have a local church to teach him on giving, didn't even have a Bible, but somehow or other he knew that he had to respond to the goodness and generosity of his God and somehow the faith factor kicked in, the secret source started to have an effect and he invested and he gave to his God and so many thousands of years later, we're still speaking about him, we're still living under the influence of his example. I want to live a life like that. Is anybody with me? Come on, help the preacher. You're just looking at me again. I don't like it when you do that. Come on. I want to live a life like that. Is anybody with me? Or do you just want enough to get by, saved, shuffle to heaven, don't worry about anybody else. I want to live a big life in Jesus' name. I want to live a generous life in Jesus' name. And the only way you get in that space is by faith. There's another guy here. His name is Noah. Captain Noah. I reckon people that live in Alice Springs could relate to Noah. It says of him in verse 7, By faith Noah, 
divinely warned of things not yet seen, move with godly fear, prepared or built an ark for the saving his household by which he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. Again, see, Abel didn't have somebody to teach him about giving by faith. Noah didn't have anybody to teach him about boats or floods. He simply had something that God put in his heart and he knew had to do something in response. Noah's land was like what we've got out here. There's no water running everywhere. But somehow or other, God spoke to him. Noah was aware that the world was chaotic. I don't know about you, but I get pretty disturbed by the state of society today. I get deeply concerned about what's going to happen for my kids and my grandkids especially. Noah saw that the world was going mad around about him. And God said to him, God didn't say go save the world. You know what he said? Do something for your family. And he built an ark. He built an ark. No one had ever built an ark. No one had even seen rain. He just knew that God had spoken and he stepped out into the unknown. Even though people mocked him, he did something to protect his family. He got them into the ark. There's mums and dads that have got children out here tonight in kids and youth programs. You're building an ark. Good on you. People that turn up week after week and get their kids under the influence of good teaching and the word of God and good company. You're building an ark. You're not happy like I am. I'm concerned deeply about what stuff is going on in society. But you know what? Though we might not be able to change the storms and the muck out there, what we can do is create a safe place to run to in Jesus' name. And Noah built an ark. He had to do something about what God had said to him. There's another guy, next verse. You know about this fellow, his name is Abraham. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. I followed somebody like that on the freeway just recently. (laughs) I've made a commitment to my God and to my wife to be better behaved on the roads. It's a good thing because we have, a, we have campuses in different parts of the city and you just never know where people might be going. In fact, I have discovered that my attitude towards other drivers increases exponentially the closer I get to some of our campuses. Just in fact, there was a time not so long ago that I was getting seriously irritated. I had to go from Logan campus to Brisbane and and then was going back again. So it was a tight Sunday morning, back forth, preaching three times in one morning in two different locations. And I'm stuck behind this person doing 30 Ks less than the speed limit. I'm like, Come on, we got come on, I gotta get there and preach about the love of God. Hurry up. <laughs> and I'm just so glad that I didn't give her any extra encouragement because I followed that car right into our church car park. <laughs> Went out not knowing where they were going. Abraham Abraham didn't have it all sorted out. See, faith doesn't give all the guarantees or all the strategies or all the promises. 
of how this thing's going to be completed. Abraham just knew there was something out there and he had to get out and move towards it. Some of us have got some things in our heart and we just know somehow or other it's out there and I've got to go after it. Some of us have been sitting on some promises. Some of us have been sitting on some ideas and some concepts for way too long. My question is, what are you doing to move towards the promise? Do that study. Do that course. Make that phone call. Give that gift. Go and say sorry. Somehow or other, we need to take the first step. The steps of good people are ordered by the Lord. Amen. He delights in people making a step. We're going to prayer meeting here on Sunday night and there's going to be somebody that prays for a move of God. You know, in heaven, they're praying for a move of you. Some people, oh God, do something. God, help my friends find Jesus. You know what the Bible says? You be a witness. Too many times we sit and pray and want God to do something when he's given us his Holy Spirit. He's giving us ideas and stirring our heart for us to be the answer to the prayers other people are praying. Come on, let's be those people. I've been married to that lady 36 years on Tuesday. Lucky girl. The church that we now pastor was once, as I said, called Glad Tidings Tabernacle. It was in the heartlands of Brisbane in Fortitude Valley, grand old building. It had a a balcony, a horseshoe-shaped balcony. You've been there, Jim. I was sitting in a youth concert up in the balcony. There was somebody apparently playing music, but I was up there checking out girls. I was 20 years of age, and I saw this little brunette, and I said to my friend Bob, I'm going to ask her out. He said, she's out of your league. I said, you never know if you never have a go. And amazingly, I just timed it as I was walking down the steps. She was coming into the foyer. Everything went into slow motion. I went up to her and said, hey, I've just bought a new ski boat. And I'm trying it out next week. Do you want to come? She said, Okay. Years later, when we were married, she said, you need to know something. For the first six months, I liked the boat a lot more than you. (laughs) Who cares? (laughs) Who cares? See, the deal is, so many people are sitting around waiting. Oh, God, I just prayed for a husband. If he won't ask you out, you ask him out. Seriously. (laughs) People sitting around come on come on people let's be people who actually start doing something in jesus name whether it's taking a magnificent faith offering on sunday let's all do something in jesus name whether it's starting to go to next levels let's start doing something let's not sit around with hopes and theories and attitudes let's start doing something in jesus name abraham said i don't even know how this is going to end but i'm going to have a go in the name of my god i want to be part of a church like that amen not Oh, you know, it's always been like this. Now, come on. Our family's always been, so what? This is a new day. You're a new creature in Christ. There's there's, there's new opportunities in Jesus' name. There's a whole list of them. You can read them, but verse 29, I love this thought. It says, by faith, all the people, 
Some versions say they. All the people passed through the Red Sea as by dry land. This is what I sense God is saying to our whole ministry. I think he wants us to all cross over. And I believe he all wants us to cross into something new and something greater. Can you say amen to that? I honestly believe there's a realm of the anointing. I honestly believe there's a dimension of his glory where we do see more miracles. We do see see more breakthroughs. But it does require all of us to rise in faith. I love the worship. It's wonderful. The preaching's incredible. But you know what? If we don't do something in that atmosphere, if we don't do something in response to what we hear, faith without works is... There's a whole list. Let me finish by reading these incredible people here from verse 32 to 34. The writer says, What more will I say? Time will fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets. I I want you to notice verse 33 and 34. My English teacher, Mrs. Sharp, told me that a verb is a doing word. These are all celebrated as people of faith. And I want you to notice what these people were caught doing. Through faith, here we are. I've underlined these. You might want to, when you see them, you might want to help me emphasize it. Through faith, they subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of, of lions, quenched the violence of the sword, escaped the edge of the sword, of, of the of fire, sorry, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in, in battle, and turned to fight the, AM, the armies of the aliens. And the final salute of these people, flawed as they were, is in verse 38, says, the world was not worthy of them. Whoa. They lived in a different realm. They served and responded to their God on a different plane. They knew knew he'd done something for them and so they lived a life desiring to do something for him. They discovered what James discovered generations later, that faith without works is dead. See, faith has to do something. Faith has to speak. You know what faith has to say? No. No, I'm not going to accept that. I'm not going to accept that that's the way it's always going to be. I'm not going to accept that my kids are going to stay with that level of behavior. I'm not going to accept that medical report. I'm not going to accept that that's going to be the the financial state for our household, for the generations that flow. No, 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 because my God is able. I'm speaking life to it, and I'm refusing to be bound by the current circumstance. And it acts. We just read a few, but all of them, you saw it. Abel gave, Noah built, Abraham went, and all the people crossed over. Here's the news. Now it's our turn. Are you ready to cross over in a new dimension? Listen, thank God for all he's done, but there is more in God for all of us. Amen? But it's only attained, not by theory, by faith. And faith requires action.
If you're ready to do something in Jesus' name, would you stand to your feet right now and say, I'm ready to step into something now. I'm ready to step up. I'm ready to step in. I want to live a life of faith. In fact, you know, before we sing this song, I I want you to close your eyes across this room. In each one of those areas, can I tell you, Abel's giving, Noah and his family, Abraham and that step into the unknown, each one of them so powerfully speak to my own soul. All of them crossing over. I've grown up hearing of the miracle power of God. I've seen my own father raise the dead. I don't want to hear, I don't want to have them kept in books. I want to see the glory of God. I want to see the power of God. I want more, but you know what? It's not going to happen as I just fold my arms and shrink back. I step up and I step in by faith. Here with me, just open your hands to God. The early church in the book of Acts, the Bible says they were filled with the Holy Ghost and faith. I believe there's a dimension of the the anointing. I believe there's a gift of faith that God wants us to embrace in Jesus' name. Not just saved by faith, but saved for something. To live by faith. To see all that God has for us in our lifetime. To be used to make a difference in our generation. Maybe you want to whisper to God before I pray over you today. Maybe there's something in your family. Maybe there's something that God is speaking to you about financially. Maybe there are some new areas where you say, God, it's a little scary, but I'm going to step out into the unknown. God, whatever it is that you need to do tonight, I just want you to whisper to him what it is. Whisper to him what it is. And I pray over you tonight in the name of Jesus. I pray for a special grace to be upon you. I pray that surge of the anointing. I pray you'd be filled with the Holy Ghost and faith. I pray it'd be evidenced by what you say. I pray that it would flush out negativity and small thinking. I pray that it would flush out that fear of ever stepping out and embracing new things in God. I pray that God would expand your vision. I pray that you would expand your capacity to believe. And I pray that you and we would be filled with the Holy Ghost and faith. I pray that the, the, the reputation of this church is that people that receive from God, they hear from God and they live on out. They work it out. They, they, they take steps that honor God. And I bless you. Pray that God would cause you to see the opportunities that he wants you to embrace by faith. I pray that his voice would become clearer in your spirit. And I agree with you for a new day as we rise in faith to the glory of God. The glory of God. There's some people here today, just, you know, even when we're talking about our kids, you say, God, like Noah, I just, God, I want my kids in the ark. I pray over you right now in Jesus' name. Some of you, this this whole area of financial, just that stretch in faith. The last couple of years, God's really been challenging Lynn and I in faith, and now there's a whole new area where we're now going to have to embrace. It's like, whoa. But I want to invest in things that live longer than me. The kingdom of God, eternity, 
So whatever it is that God's speaking to you, I pray that he would give you the courage and the boldness and the tenacity to act it out. We hope you have been encouraged by this message. For more information, check out our website at desertlifechurch.org.